glory, the glory, the glory is now inside of me and it dwells there. If Shakespeare was in you, you could write poetry. If Beethoven was in you, you could create music. If uh, uh, Edison was in you, you could invent. But I'm telling you, it's Christ in you. What are you going to do? It's Jesus Christ in you, the God of glory. He dwells inside. there be and there was and then that God comes inside of you you're gonna do something you're gonna feel something something's gonna come alive hallelujah sister Ewing if Beethoven was in me I'd be singing all the time I'd be creating music or if Shakespeare was in me I'd be quoting pretty things but Christ is in me what am I doing? I'm worshiping. I'm worshiping. I'm loving. I'm praising him. I'm glorifying him. Hallelujah. Someone, a preacher. As someone at a youth function about the music they were listening to at that youth function and another preacher told him said well we just have to give them what they want that's not what Jesus did with the rich young ruler I'll tell you what they need. I'll tell you what old people need. I'll tell you what the world needs. They need a glimpse of Christ and Him saying, follow me and willing to follow Him. Two disciples heard Him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, What seek ye? What are you looking for? Are you looking for a thing? Or are you looking for a Messiah? What are you looking for? 
John said, ask him the, this question. Are you he? Can I tell you? I don't need sloppy agape. Or phony baloney. Hallelujah. I have found the genuine. Don't let anybody tell you water baptism doesn't do something. I have the Holy Ghost. And when they put me in water in Jesus' name and I came out, there was a difference. There was something that happened to this old boy. There was something, hallelujah, live and real. Maybe that's why the Apostle Paul said, I determined to know nothing among you. Save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because if you can have that, Jesus Christ and him crucified, everything else will fit in place. Holiness, godly living, programs, music, worship, singing, buildings, everything fits in place. When you can have Christ in you and then preach Christ in him crucified. The Apostle Paul said, oh, that I might know him. Twenty-nine years after conversion, taken in the third heaven, revelation against revelation, miracle after miracle, powerful ministry, and after 29 years of living for God, he makes a statement, oh, that I might know him. Not that I might know about him. Don't become a disciple of a Bible study. Become a disciple of that one that the Bible study is about. It's not just knowledge we're after. It's the giver of knowledge. It's not just knowing all the little things of geography and all the books and how it's all put together. I love that. I excite in that. But oh, hallelujah, Paul said, oh, that I might know him. Now I've got to be careful here. But that comes from the same uh, uh, background as when Adam knew his wife. What was Paul saying? I want to become intimate with Christ. I want to be close with Christ. I want to know him, hallelujah, as close as I can, hallelujah. I want to get up in the morning with him. I want to walk through the day with him, hallelujah. I want him to be as close as I can. I don't want to just know about him. I want to know him. I know this isn't new and I'm almost through, but somebody said Sunday morning crowd is the popularity of the church, Sunday night crowd, the popularity of the preacher, and midweek service, the popularity of Jesus. I give you an A plus apostolics. Because most of the places that I happen to be fortunate to preach in have about the same people in every service. 
the sloppy agape stuff. I know, they fill their buildings on Sunday morning. Sunday night, a handful. And weeknight, even less. What is it? They have failed to realize what the whole message is about. And what I'm preaching about today is I don't want to miss that. When I came into this, people used to preach a lot about one God. I can go to conferences and rallies and fellowship meetings. And if I didn't know anything different, I wouldn't even know if I was in a one God group. It was so important to God that he said, Israel, write it on the door. Put it on, the, on your hand. Put it over your forehead. Every morning, get your little baby and say, there's one God. And in the afternoon, say, there's one God. When you put them to sleep, say, there's one God. There's one God. There's one God. There's one God. Let me tell you, I want to be a disciple to the book. I want to be a disciple to the book. I want to be a disciple to the writer of the book. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. I got just a minute to say this. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. That's not a second person of a trinity. One's gone, another one's coming, he's going to, you know what that is? God is saying, get it, I am one God. Hallelujah. And when I come back in the office of the Spirit and feel you, hallelujah, what is going to be the message? I'm going to be talking about the flesh that I was and now am permanently for eternity. Jesus Christ, hallelujah, he's going to speak of me, Jesus said. He's going to say and talk to you about me. Come on. It's not two gods or three gods or ten gods or twenty gods. That's the same God trying to say, what are you saying, God? When you get the Holy Ghost, I want you to go back and become a disciple. Hallelujah, like Peter, like John, like Matthew, hallelujah, like Paul. I want you to follow me just like them. John 15, 26. When the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. What did Jesus say? I'm the truth, which proceedeth from the Father. He shall testify of me john 16 13 how be it when he the spirit of truth again is come he will guide you in all truth for he shall not speak of himself wasn't another god he was talking about he was saying hallelujah the important thing the important thing is not just a feeling the important thing is not just an emotion the important thing hallelujah is becoming a disciple hallelujah of god that's the important thing of following god and following him where we went In the midst of seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to his foot, girt with a paps. 
with a golden girdle. Where is he? He's in the midst of the church. He never changes. Whole church, please, forgive me. But think of what little I've tried to say. Sister Davies. I don't want to be in this so long that I forget, forgot the purpose why I got in it. I don't want to do this so often that I forget I need God when I preach. And I forget that I need God when I sing. And I forget I need God when I have a choir. And I forget I need God when I'm building a building. Hello! I don't want to become so professional and so right that I understand every little detail, how to do it. My God, I love Brother Ewing last night. Just let the Lord move. Let's go back and just say, God, I don't even know how to lead a service. Here it is. I don't even know how to do anything. Here it is, God. You just take over, and I'm going to be a follower of you. Let's raise our hands and love him. Let's stand up. Mistake of the picture. I just hope God knows who he's anointing today. Bob, I'd like you to stand. That's my brother. Say hallelujah. For all of you that came to hear him preach, that's it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. After Brother Ewing last night and these brothers, I don't need PSR, I need CPR, I think. Oh, hallelujah. What you see is what you get, but please don't leave yet. I love the Lord, don't you? Hallelujah. I love what I feel. I appreciate uh, PSR. And uh, I appreciate most of all the liberty that uh, they give to uh, the ministers. appreciate, Brother Treese, what you said, Brother McDonald, Brother Ewing. I feel there's a connection. And what I'd like to preach about this morning uh, may stir some of you up. I don't know if that's why they always ask me. But uh, I don't come here looking for a bear, but I don't run from it either. And uh, I believe that this is the day of the church. And I believe this is the day of revival. But I also believe this is the day that the church needs to be prepared for revival. Hello. My brother and I come from Trinity background. And I'm not going to spend all my time telling you that. But uh, what some brethren are looking at, we came from. And I can tell you it's not there. a mistake to think that it's there because it's not there. If you'd stand and honor the Word of God, the book of Luke, chapter 7, 
chapter 7 and verse 19. been a whole mission so long you always wait a long time for people to find the verses and whole mission sometimes you're almost through and they're still trying to find it and so you just talk about things make the announcements take the offer you read your text before the song service sometimes make sure everybody will find it by the time it's time to preach they don't know Luke from John or Elijah from Moses so amen the book of Luke chapter 7 verse 19 and John calling unto him two of his disciples sent them to Jesus saying art thou he that should come or look we for another when the men were coming to him they said John the Baptist hath sent us unto thee saying art thou he that should come or look we for another and in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits and unto many that were blind he gave sight. And Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf ear, the dead are raised. And to the poor the gospel is preached. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. And I'd like to spend my time today preaching about a simple little thought that may surprise you where I will find myself. But I want to talk about back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. Let's all thank God for what we've heard and what we feel. Thank you, Jesus, for the beautiful ministry of your word to the ministers. Thank you for the ministry. It is your will, your purpose, God, for the preached word to go forth. Help us, O oh God, to do our part. You've never failed us, and we thank you for that, Lord. Anoint hearts to receive, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I suppose there is no one more than apostolic Pentecostals that are interested in going back to, be, to the beginning, to showing people where the church began. Everyone in this room, I suppose, is excited about repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the Holy Ghost and all that we believe in and all that we're excited about. But uh, as been stated today and last night, the world seems to continue to change and as it changes lifestyles change and people change and situations change and societies change and it's just a constant change with that we find a change in the religious world now let me tell you that all change is not wrong I'm glad we don't have the outhouse anymore. And I'm glad we found hot water for the baptismal tank. Amen. And so there are some things that have come along that I appreciate and that uh, I feel is, is good. 
And uh, you're looking at a man that doesn't just believe in holiness, but he believes in revival. It seems like we live in a day now that before you preach, you have to qualify everything. You're going to preach on revival, you have to tell everybody you believe in holiness. And if you're going to preach in holiness, you have to tell everybody you preach, you believe in revival. And if you say one thing, the next one thinks you didn't believe that. And if you say that, someone else doesn't believe that. And by the time you're done, you're so confused, you don't know what you believe. Well, I'm just going to be at home here. So I believe in holiness, and I believe in revival, and I believe in everything. Whatever you believe in, I believe in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, we're all happy. But what is sad is sometimes what the religious world does, it seems to have a way of creeping in under our doors and somehow sitting among our pews and finding itself uh, integrated with uh, what we believe. Someone says practice makes perfect. That is an incorrect statement. Right practice makes perfect. You can learn the piano wrong and keep on practicing and never know how to play it right. You can get your guitar and learn to play it wrong and you'll never learn how to play it right. Right practice makes perfect. Hello and right truth. I said right truth makes the gospel. Just because something is done doesn't correctly make it right. It doesn't make it uh, just uh, the thing that we're supposed to do. But yet I want the revival. And so men come and men go and people come and people go and ideas come and ideas go and things are said and things aren't said and I try to weigh them and I try to figure it all out and I try to put it in the right perspective and I don't want to miss God and I don't want to become a compromiser brother Morton and I don't want to miss revival and so I'm reaching for this and putting that aside and putting that back and getting rid of this and pulling this all for God and revival and so I'm always looking for an answer I got a hold of a book in a library sale, in a used library book sale, and I was going through the books, and Brother Dugas, I grabbed a hold of this book and put it in my little bag and took it home. It was written by a four-square minister. He said, I quote, I have had a personal privilege of being part of the great revival of this era with its exploding churches and expanding pulpits. Churches that have gone from 19 people to over 2,800, from 75 to over 1,500. Many of these churches having over 300% growth. In all of these exploding churches, there are four common denominators. Well, about that time I got interested. I thought, well, I'd like to know what, what he has to say about growth. When I read these four things, I took the book, copied this out, and threw it in the wastebasket. He's telling me how to take a whole missions church of 19 people to have 2,800 by these four 
common denominators. Number one, he said you need a spirit of fellowship. Number two, you need a spirit of worship. Number three, you need a spirit of joy. Number four, you need a spirit of faith. Now all those are wonderful. Fellowship, worship, joy, and faith. There is not one of those that I do not want in my church. I need fellowship, I need worship, I need joy, and I need faith. But hear me this morning. On the day of Pentecost, hallelujah, they had the spirit of fellowship. And on the day of Pentecost, they had the spirit of worship. And on the day of Pentecost, they had the spirit of joy. And on the day of Pentecost, they had the spirit of faith. But not one of those spirits moved anybody to say, men and brethren, what must I do to be saved? It took Brother Treese the anointed preaching of the Word and the anointing of the fifth spirit that I call the spirit of conviction of the Holy Ghost. And when the Word was preached, they were pricked in their heart. Hallelujah. And they said to men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You hear me today? You can have fellowship, and you can have worship, and you can have joy, and you can have faith, and not even be born again. Everybody wants to drive a better car. Everybody wants to be healed. Everybody wants a friend. Everyone wants to feel joy. Everybody likes to worship and clap their hands and raise their hands. But I'm telling you, hallelujah, when this church was born, it wasn't born just with joy and worship. It was born by the Holy Ghost conviction, pricking a heart of a man and a woman for them to say, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, we think things are different now, but they're no different. One year later, Stephen is preaching. Almost the same words. They were cut to the heart. And when they were cut to the heart, they did not say, Brother Morton, what shall we do? But they gnashed on him. I want joy, I want worship, and I want fellowship. But first and foremost, I want the conviction of the Holy Ghost. First and foremost, I want God moving in every service. My God, I don't know where we've been, but I used to remember people wailing and crying at altar services. I remember people travailing before God and the conviction of the Holy Ghost moving up and down the aisles and in the altars. Hallelujah. I remember people praying and crying and weeping before God. Somehow we have fellowship and we have joy and we have worship and we have faith, but God bring back conviction of your spirit and let me feel the Holy Ghost again moving and healing and speaking. I'm just going to bear my heart. I've become frustrated. I've become worried. And finally, I believe I found an answer. 
And I'm not here, please don't misunderstand me, I'm not here to uh, try to tell you I found all the answers. I'm just one of many that uh, are preaching and I'm nobody and I'm not trying to be somebody. And I'm not trying to say this pretty, I'm just trying to tell it like I, like I feel it. But I don't today want to go back to the beginning of just Pentecost. In fact, I don't want to go back just to the book of Acts. In fact, it might surprise you that I don't even want to just go back to Calvary. But I want to go back before Calvary, before Pentecost. And some of the disciples of John the Baptist came and said, are, are you he that should come? Or are, are we going to look for another? Now some people believe, most theologians quote-unquote believe, that uh, John was discouraged. That his idea of a Messiah differed radically from the current conception of a mere temporal ruler. John had preached of a Messiah reformer, one that his hand, the fan was in his hand, and he was going to purge and separate the good from the bad, and he would hew down every tree that should bring forth good fruit. And yet the activities of Jesus did not correspond with, with what John had preached. He came in gentleness and patience and healing. John had caught the suffering Messiah, the Lamb of God, and yet, this isn't what John saw. But I differ with that. Now, if that's what your concept is, that's fine. But I don't think the man that said, Behold the Lamb of God, he'll gonna, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, got discouraged. Some of his best disciples had already followed Jesus Christ. And I believe while he was sitting in that prison that day, he realized the statement that he said that he must increase and I must decrease was coming to pass. I believe that John had a vision that his time was almost over. And so he said, oh boys, come here. I'm going to send you over on a journey to see a one called Jesus. And you ask him, are you the one to come? It wasn't he wanted the answer. I believe John the Baptist had the answer. I believe that he wanted those men to realize that's the Lamb of God. That's the one to follow. That's the one to be discipled from. That's the one to hear from. Don't look at me anymore. I'm getting out of the scene. You said, what are you preaching today? I'm preaching what I've been preaching at my church for over a month. If there's anything we need, we need to go back, and if we're not, become a disciple of Jesus Christ. If anyone knew what discipleship was, it was the Baptist. If anyone knew what it was to follow Jesus Christ and talk about him and point towards him, it was the Baptist. He was the one, hallelujah, that uh, had been the forerunner. And he called men, and now he has given those men to the care of Jesus Christ. Someone said that uh, Jesus called men to follow him. 
not because of what they were in themselves when he met them the first time, but because of what under his teaching and by his power they would become. So what are you preaching today? I don't want to be a disciple of a music program. Someone said I had trouble getting a church standard, so I got a choir standard. Son, that hurts me. To get holiness in my church, do I have to have a standard for a choir so they'll become a disciple of a choir? Is the preaching not powerful enough? Is the word of God not powerful enough? Brother Ewing, is the cross not powerful enough? Is the suffering of Jesus Christ not powerful enough? Is the Holy Ghost not powerful enough? Is the blessings of God not powerful enough? Hallelujah! That I'm willing to live holy and live righteously and dedicate my life, hallelujah, to one that died for me and dedicate my heart and become that that God would have me to be. Hallelujah! Hallelujah, I'm against television, and I'm against short hair and women, long hair and men. I'm against all of that. But I'm going to hit some other things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, when Israel, hallelujah, crossed the Red Sea, they shouted, and they danced, and they sang. They never sang to cross the Red Sea. They sang hallelujah when they got on the other side of the Red Sea. Hallelujah. They didn't put a music group together and say, let's get something going here to encourage the people. Hallelujah, Moses said, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to cross this sea. We're going to get on the other side. We're going to have victory. Hallelujah. And when they got on the other side, Miriam took out her tambourine and they began to dance and shout and sang unto God. I'm not against music. I was blessed by music. I love music. I'm for music. But my discipleship is not to music. I haven't fallen in love with a song. I haven't fallen in love with a piano. I haven't fallen in love with a set of drums. I have fallen in love with Christ. I am here today because he, hallelujah, saved me. I am here today because he paid the price. Hallelujah! And I'm saved. a disciple of a building oh I'm glad we have beautiful buildings we build a building in the Royal Grandy brother Booker and we put pretty lots in it and pretty rugs in it and nice pews in it and everything was fine and guess what nobody ever walked in there and said oh I think this is so pretty I want the Holy Ghost 
nobody ever came in and said, because of that pew, I want to be baptized. Nobody ever said, that chandelier drives me to repentance. I'm telling you, hallelujah, I'm not a disciple of a building. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Watch out, Beglin. Brother Spears, someone said, we had a play and 12 got the Holy Ghost. I thought, my God. I'm glad they got the Holy Ghost. I'm not against plays either. I'm just saying, if we're not careful, we're going to bring up a generation of musicians and actors and builders that don't know anything about the blood and Calvary. <laughs> Hallelujah! 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 <laughs> We're not disciples of personalities. I like what you said today about some ministers. I was preaching at a place, they were going to have one of these guys that tell you what you had for breakfast. Now, I like them. I'm not, don't, I like all this. But I don't want to become a disciple of it. And I got up to preach. You see, we're in the day of intimidation. I looked at Brother Bear one time, I said, you intimidate us preachers. I only knew one scripture, Jesus cried, and I blew it. <laughs> the prophets come by and talk about prophecy, and we are geared to them. Hallelujah. People call people out, and we're geared to them. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, we've seen everything. What we need now to see, are you the him that should come or are we looking for another? I'm not looking for anything else. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. Paul said, see, they had the same trouble then. Paul said, for you are all carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk at man? For one saith, I'm of Apollo, and another said, I'm of Apollos. You're carnal. I hate evangelists. And I've been one. I've been everything. While I'm standing there by the evangelist, someone comes up and says, we've never heard preaching like that around here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, if you were only here more, we could have revival. 
if you were only here all the time. Yeah, honey, he can sugarcoat it. He can love you and he can pick up the babies. Hallelujah. He doesn't have to wean you. He doesn't have to make you saved. He doesn't have to perfect you. Hallelujah. Good preaching, Baglin. Thank you. Hallelujah. Now, I love evangelists, but you know what I'm saying. They get up and say, hallelujah, and 50 people get the Holy Ghost. And I go home, and I say, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I've been saying hallelujah for a hundred times every week and they just sit there and look at me. He comes by and says hallelujah. They run, they shout to get the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, we just want to have a good time. That's good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sister Davies, if I do good, it's because of your daddy. If I don't do good, I never knew him. I was with Brother Tool for four years. If I do good, Sister Tool shakes my hand. <laughs> That's a wonderful woman. Amen. You may be seated. I don't want to be a disciple to a music group and music programs and buildings and just plays, personalities. Good preaching. Thank you. I'm from Home Mission. Preach it, Baglin. Thank you. I don't want to be a disciple to holiness. a disciple to long hair and short hair and know this and know that. I want to be a disciple to him that makes a difference. Why I believe some things. I want to follow him that makes a difference. Why I live this life and why I do what I do. The Pharisee was a disciple to his own holiness. I don't want to be that. I wanted to be a disciple to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I don't want to be a disciple to worship. Now, I'm not here. Please, please, please. I dance, shout. You, you can't see I, that I believe in that. But while you're running, every once in a while, would you just think of him? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're right. 
If we're not careful, we become learned worshipers like every other denomination. We know when to raise our hand and when to put it down. We know when to say amen. We know when to say hallelujah. And if we're not careful, we'll be in this so long that after a while, our minds are a thousand miles away. And God said, I'm tired of your sacrifices because your heart's not in it. You bring your sacrifices and your heart's a mile away. My, don't ever want to forget the price he paid that when I pray, when I worship, when I seek him, hallelujah, that my mind... Hallelujah. Paul said, to whom, the, whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among you, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Come on. Do you realize what that is? This is where I get dangerous. I, I just... I get that dangerous spirit. Don't be keep looking around. My God, if you get nervous, we're in trouble. If this is too hot for Morton, I'm leaving. I understand. Come before his presence with singing and into his courts with praise. But did anyone ever stop to think that that was in the Old Testament? Brother Buxton? Did anybody ever stop to think that God now has come into my presence? Yeah. And he dwells inside of me. Now I'm not talking about not coming into his, I, I believe all that. Yeah. 